Welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Where one working mom and a stay-at-home dad help you navigate the nuts and bolts of the growing and dynamic world of homeschooling. With a focus on early learners. Like me! All the ins and outs of building and maintaining your homeschool life. Homeschool! Find out tips and tricks to make things like this easier. I'm reading! And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together! Did I do good, Daddy? (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Hello and welcome to Homeschool Together. Thanks for joining us. Today we're going to be talking about our overall review. We just finished uh, the Blossom and Root Early Years Volume 2 curriculum. And we're going to give you our review, you know, after we just finished it. And we're going to give you what we think about it. And then the second half of the podcast, we're going to focus on the changes that she has recently made to the Blossom and Root curriculum, specifically the Early Years Volume 2, and how that kind of affects the review that we're going to give to it and you'll see some changes and some of the things that we maybe we had issues with have been made already have been made uh in the curriculum so but before we begin head down into the show notes uh check out all of our links connect with us on social media and if you please just take 10 seconds i'm, I'm, I'm gonna set the clock just go ahead and pause head out and over to itunes and please leave us a review <laughs> we appreciate back, you all we're, we're back in the studio after like a week and a half hiatus yeah, well, we're slackers. You know, know what? We've been we've been performing a lot of interviews. We're really excited for everyone yeah. to hear these great interviews we have coming up. Yeah, we have a lot of great interviews, so we're really excited. We got a lot more lined up, so absolutely uh, excited. So let's talk a little bit about kind of our. This is kind of a pre-K curriculum. So we've done two pre-K curriculums. One would be the Torchlight, mm-hmm. um, and then we have just finished the Blossom and Root. Um, early years volume two with our our oldest daughter is about five years old just almost about five and a half years old now right is she, she five and a half years yeah, old? yeah she is so we we do oh have God. a little bit of an older learner which yeah. could influence our review a little bit uh she has a late birthday so she's not going to kinder until this fall until so this fall. she'll be so she'll we, be just turning six yeah. right so we did torchlight um from about uh three and a half almost four um, it to, to about four and a half was mm-hmm. kind of the section of time that we did Torchlight Pre-K. And when we got finished with that, then we started the Blossom and Root Early Years Volume 2 uh, preschool curriculum. So, And I think right off the bat, I think the thing that we did is that we wish we might have changed is swap the two. Like right out the bat, I think, right. you know, we jumped into the, the Torchlight uh, Pre-K. And I feel now that I've done both of these these mm-hmm. curriculums over the last, you know, year and a half or so. Two years. Two years. And uh, I feel that we should have swapped them. And, and I don't know if there was a way for us to know that going in. You know, you, you never know. A Torchlight was the first thing we started with. We loved it. So f- our plan for our second daughter now, knowing what we know now, Blossom and Root comes in two volumes for early learners, early years. It's uh, volume one, volume two. So volume one is supposed to be like ages two, I think it's two to three maybe, and then, or two two to three and a half and yeah, then it's like it's three to to four for volume two so that's what we're gonna do so uh when our daughter hits about the two and a half mark i think because we're year-round homeschoolers so we'll start with volume one at that point because it's really light volume one is got a, a book to read and a few activities but it's it's very open and flexible and we think it'll be really great for about a two and a half year old and then that would put us at starting this early years curriculum at uh, volume two at the three three year mark three three and a half to four and then we will do torchlight pre-k leading into uh, pre-kindergarten so that's that's our plan for our second daughter and and i think that that's basically stepping it up in level of complexity Mm -hmm. this is definitely not as complex as torchlight pre-k i think that's uh, you know, I, th- I think that that could almost be a kinder curriculum, depending on who you ask. It definitely has got a lot more going on. If that's your, your jam, our, our daughter loves books, so it was good for us. But there was definitely quite a bit that went over her head as a new four-year-old to, to do that curriculum. Whereas this was much more this suited actually, for preschool. I think in the end, like, I think, you know, if we give the executive summary, I think it actually 
this one felt less work, less, you know, not as challenging as say the torchlight pre-K curriculum mm -hmm. because of just the volume of material. Yeah. Um, it did. That's, I think that's why we are recommending that you swap the two, that if you're going to do yeah. both of these or you're going to, you're going to test these curriculums, you can, I would say go with the, the blossom root first. And I think that's kind of our recommendation of anybody who's homeschooling a really young kid start. to start with is just start with the blossom and root. Don't even worry about any of the other curriculums. That's kind of a good place to start. Yeah. And get an, your feet wet. Yeah, it's an excellent starting place. I yeah. Anybody who's got a, a two or three year old out there and wants to maybe dabble in a curriculum, mm -hmm. I I love uh blossom and root for that. I always recommend it. I think mm -hmm. that the nice thing about it is that it is uh got, you know, very few things to do every week. They're they're enriching there there's nature there, there's it, it's got all of it It covers all of it right yeah. there's there's reading and math nature study music literature um some kitchen classroom so um there's some art so it's got all the pieces but it's scaled down in such a way that it's very accessible you can easily dump pieces that aren't you know right for your learner at that point or if you need more and you want to add more books and things for more challenge uh or just just more enrichment you can do that easily i think it's a it's also a very accessible curriculum for a new homeschooler we actually partnered with a friend this year when we did volume two mm -hmm. uh, she had never homeschooled before and had decided she wanted to do that with her daughter who's the same age as ours and uh, we said you know get started with this so we'd come off of doing torchlight pre-k coming off of that into blossom and root two was like you know we were totally we knew exactly what was up and we we're like oh this is this is good this will feel very comfortable like, I, I don't want to say that it was like a step down or it was just a little bit less material so There's it actually felt going on. it felt like a little less going on and it gave us a little bit more room to kind of expand into you know other interests that well, we wanted right. yeah. with this one we actually did right start math and all about reading in conjunction with this which i think if we'd done that in conjunction with torchlight pre-k it might have been too much it may have been too much i'm not sure but it may have been so i th i think but but back to uh, our friend that we partnered with she'd never seen a curriculum before she picked up this one and immediately was like okay I know what to do. Like it was, it's presented in such a straightforward manner. Every week is plotted out nicely. One of the things that she doesn't do in the curriculum, which you you do see in others, I mean, you know, Build Your Library does this and Torchlight does this, and I don't think it's a bad thing. But at the very beginning of each week, they have a, a like a, a breakdown grid of the week of exactly what you should work on on what days. And then after you see that kind of highlight, and then they go into all the details for each day and what you do. And I like the, the way that Christina writes this curriculum. Basically, each week it doesn't start with that grid. It just shows you here's a big block of math and it gives you a nice title, very easy summary of what you're going to do. Then a big block of music. And here's a discussion question. And this is the book you'll read. And you could do them in whatever day you want at the end of each week. Uh, she, well, she did in volume one anyway, and I don't think it's there in volume two, is she, she has a blank grid for you to fill out how you want to tackle it. I think that's more accessible in some ways because it's very straightforward. It's done in column format. Yeah, right. You can just see, oh, there's three pages and this is what we do for the week. And you could just read through it in order and just go through it without looking ahead or having to organize. Whereas with Torchlight... Right, you've got this grid. It's got all these different things that you're going to have yeah. to do during the week, and then you're like cross-referencing. She's got acronyms in there, and then you're cross-referencing with the actual page that details what book that is and what page you read, and you know, going back and forth. For us at this point, it's not a big deal, but as a new homeschooler, I think that can be really intimidating. Yeah, and I think we've referenced that before, where that first week was really scary because it was it did seem like a lot. You know, once you get into it, once you get a little bit more of a seat, you know, you get your 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 homeschool legs under you, you it, it's not as scary anymore you could just tackle it like we're going in we're right now into the blossom and root uh, torchlight combo that ariel has talked about in the past in our previous episodes uh for the kinder level and that there's a lot to do every there's week a lot going on. there's a lot going on and it doesn't feel overwhelming because we've had the experience of doing you know yeah. two years of curriculums uh, leading up into this so it's really the 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 unease is tends to be for that like first month if you're just new to it or if you're you know your learner isn't really um you know a curriculum you know friendly learner like they don't want to do all this yeah, they're not little as stuff. into maybe, books or things maybe they're not into it or they're not ready for it or whatever it might be or maybe that's just not working for you guys but if 
if you have a learner that's into it and you're new to this and you're going to do well, you may have a little bit of unease for the first couple of weeks. That's why we, I think we, we suggest using the blossom and root because that it's a little bit less than the, it's the a torchlight. great starting point. It's also a really easy curriculum for you to just pick and choose what you want to do because every week has got mm-hmm. the same components. You can just say, you know what, this reading thing is not what's working for us. We're just going to not do that module every week. And we're going to focus on the nature and the science and the art or whatever you want to do. I'm making something up, right? If for us, and we should definitely preface this review, we cannot comment on the math and reading portions of the curriculum because we did not use it because we, our daughter was ready for a kindergarten level curriculum for both those. So we use right start and all about reading. So we have taken a look at it. It does look, looks great. If she were a little younger and with our younger daughter, we will use it, but just so that everyone knows that up front, we can't, we can't speak to uh, how we feel about those because we didn't use them. But I think that that that's exactly the point it was so easy to not use that, those sections. To swap in what you want. And yeah. swap in what we wanted because of the way the curriculum is organized. Mm-hmm. Every week, everything is in exactly the same order mm-hmm. in the um, the three week, the three pages per week that's in column order. It's exactly the same. You can just glide over and go, oh yeah, I'm not doing that section. I never do that section. It's much easier, I think, than, than Torchlight was definitely to take bits out that you're, you know, you're just not doing because you have a different curriculum. I think this is, it's worth the price of admission for me, just even for the nature study work. So maybe we can get down, let's maybe break down the sections of the curriculum and talk about how we feel about each. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think um, the thing that I liked the most, maybe we'll lay off what I liked was the music, um, incorporating the music. And we're going to talk a little bit about like how we tweaked it and you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit towards the end of this podcast about how the changes that have been made. That right. She's made we're, to talking about, we're talking about we're talking about the first edition of the first curriculum. edition. And so um, the thing that I really enjoyed a lot was how you, you know, Ariel does a lot of the planning for me using Trello and building the boards for the week. And it makes it a lot easier for me. So obviously, you, you know, you were able to take up the the music sections and and mm-hmm. break that up and add additional um you know composers and you added um you know jazz and blues and you know shout classical out, shout out to don she yeah, helped me don add, our, our really friend job, uh, yeah. helped us a lot with curating music and art as she has a art degree yeah the thing that i that i don't think was as big and as prevalent in the torchlight was the music and I don't remember it being. And it, mm. I know there were songs. There were a couple of songs that we played on YouTube, and there were some additional uh, materials and kind it was of the almost, side It section. was an extension. Yeah. It and was it, a part of it. But it was always like um, Sesame Street sing-alongs and things like this. This mm-hmm. What was interesting about this is that we actually incorporated a lot of composers, mm-hmm. a lot of famous composers, yeah. a lot of great musicians. And because our daughter is really, really, really into, you know, Disney princesses, Disney movies, you know, they have these great, beautiful classical scores Mm -hmm. and the music is very big and and beautiful. She's used to that type of music as being, you know, the backdrop of all her favorite things Mm -hmm. and bringing in the, you know, Beethoven, Bach, Wagner, things like that was just a, I think she connected with it already. And that was a really interesting thing that we could do and, you know, I found it very enjoyable to listen to these classical pieces that I don't, you know, I not really gravitate to it. Right. So, And she's it, never listened to classical music before and yeah. very much enjoyed it. And very much enjoyed it. So for me, I think the, the standout for me is the music. And that's been something that I didn't realize that she would be open to things that are not Taylor Swift. and <laughs> Yeah, that <laughs> are poppy, like that, poppy. The, or, or kids' songs. And now, so the first edition has only four composers, and she's supposed to stay on each composer. So it's like nine weeks of Beethoven, uh, or eight weeks of Beethoven. And we we didn't do that. Uh, we went ahead and changed every... This is every two weeks, I think you Yeah, you I think it. we did every two weeks. And you we brought in fun things, them. like we did have some John Williams, and we did have Yeah, some we did a bunch modern, of movie music. That was movie. really fun. Yeah, and then you had some modern composers and stuff yeah we did danny elfman for yeah. a few weeks that was really great it was really cool and so so for me I, I enjoyed that i think the music was a really fun component for me then going into maybe the next thing would maybe be some of the art inspiration that yeah, we the did art study i thought was a really strong part of this because that also wasn't really a part of torchlight torchlight's no. very literature based that we had done before uh yeah so having a, a piece by a painter and this was again supposed to be four painters over the course of the the curriculum and thanks to don we helped and broke that up and, and brought in lots more artists 
And so it was great because it was study a specific painting for the week, look at it several times. You know, so the first one I think we started with was Renoir and study this painting, talk about it. And then they had to, every week there was an art project, mm -hmm. some sort of a painting or drawing or something that in some way was inspired by the art that they studied. Oh, you know, the Renoir piece that we looked at was all in blues. And so the art this week is all about using blues to your, mm -hmm. you know, to, to draw something it, or it's Frida Kahlo and it's a self portrait with flowers around. So draw a self portrait of yourself with flowers or something. So I liked that the art was connected to the art study. And, and again, it, it, just with the classical music, it was, it was a piece that we were missing. So I love those two pieces of the arts that are not, we haven't found in other curriculums. I, I've not even seen that in Build Your Library. No, so I, I really, no. I like that. It's just something we wouldn't have thought to do. We wouldn't have thought that our four-year-old would be interested. And she definitely was. She was totally interested in the art study and the classical music, which uh, I don't know why we hadn't thought of it, but uh, thanks to Blossom and Root, we, we did. And she loved it. And that's, I, I think that's something we're going to continue with. I mean, even though it's not explicitly called out in the, you know, in the artwork, I mean, in the curriculum for what we're currently doing, I think that's something we're going to continue with going forward and having that enrichment. Not, I'm not expecting her to know, oh, that's a Van Gogh or that's a Picasso. You no, know? no. And it's very funny. She she did not like the Picasso. She thought it was very strange. But <laughs> This uh, is all about exposure. Yeah, it's age. just the exposure and, and seeing all the other art. I think that was really the cool thing. Um, and I think that we're going to continue exploring that. I think we might pull in some art workbooks and stuff like that and, and really make that something more visual for her to see. You know, we have a lot of great art books in the library and stuff. So I think I'm going to continue to bring that back in because I think that was a really powerful thing that... And I also enjoyed sitting down doing artwork with her. Mm -hmm. That was really fun. And, then, you know, we built our really nice art caddy mm -hmm. and, you know, being able to facilitate this type of thing. So I think those were, I think my two high points were those. Um, the next thing would be obviously the outdoor stuff. There's a lot of outdoor work. There's a yeah. lot of nature studies. So there's, a, there's two components. There's a nature notebook uh, part or a nature study and then a nature notebook. Yeah. Basically, it's it's studying about something and then going outside to see it and do that activity. And we typically did those together, although you don't have to. Um, but it was it was really great for her. You know, she yeah. would go out and study leaves and then come in and you would do some art and get that into her notebook. And she was so proud of that. I, I loved the nature component of this. It was a reminder to us to get out every week with a purpose. Sometimes we go out and they're riding their bikes or yeah, right. playing, playing in the backyard and that stuff's all really valuable, but it was nice to go out and go, we're going to go on a walk to the pond with a purpose, <laughs> right? We're going to be looking for this today. And mm -hmm. it, it was always really exciting to her. And she loved carrying her notebook. And I think that the idea of starting a nature notebook is something that I, I think we'll continue even beyond this, just getting in the habit of drawing what we see, observing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really pulling the um, the environment into into our everyday was a big piece. Um, I I was very enterprising a lot of times. Sometimes I would bring the artwork into the the outdoor study, so I would be having her bring stuff in from the outdoors and put that into her artwork. You know, flowers, grass, leaves, mm -hmm. twigs, things of that nature. And also doing a little bit of the science play, the science work as well, you know, doing things like does, will this float? Will this, you know, will this rot? Yeah. Those let's talk about the science. Yeah. I thought the science was, was great. You know, so you can do, you can do flashy experiment science, which is, I feel like some of what we did in Torchlight Pre-K, which was, yeah. it took more materials. It, it was impressive, but I don't know that it taught her anything that would stick with her. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know that you taught most of the science you can speak to. It. I just felt like these things were like, will this sink or float? Will this hold up? And it was just like very, very basic laws of physics type science. There was a, there's a lot more. So, you know, me with the science background, um, th the important thing about science is, is basically being able to see the real world and how does that apply intuitively to your learning, your understanding, math, whatever that might be. How do you reflect the real world in that type of stuff? So for me, doing those more basic primal things, understanding balance, understanding, you know, buoyancy, understanding how light works, things of that nature, I think are very, very core principles to understand that you don't have to, you know, I don't have to open up next to me is my thermal dynamics book or my classical dynamics geometry 
math, physics, algebra, Einstein books. I mean, I have them all right here to the right of me. You know, she doesn't have to know. <laughs> they just fell. She doesn't have to know how all the equations work. There's an intuitive nature of experiencing the world around you. I think that kind of dovetails with the nature study is seeing the world around you and understanding the physical concepts, you know, just the idea of gravity in and of itself, right? Drop a feather, drop a ball. Why does the feather fall slower than the ball? And talk about air friction and things like that and 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 weight. And those are just all things you can you can be intuitive to. Right. right. She you can, can observe. You can observe and intuit the laws of physics just by seeing it. And you don't need to see equations from it. And so I did enjoy a lot of those kind of core primal little experiments. It still was kind of that experiment of the week type of thing, but it was a little bit more simple, more less less experimenting right and there was less setup with it yeah there's also so there was a science and the stem and i liked some of the stem stuff as the engineer i'll, yeah. I'll speak as the engineer uh i liked there was there was projects like uh you would build something in a tower of legos mm. and then she would need to duplicate Mim it yeah. or blocks there was about three or four weeks of that where it was this mimicry building and seeing what you're doing like i've been seeing this in the um in the uh, right start math where we've been doing rubber band play on the geo board and understanding the idea of mirroring or, or um, something that's reflective and understanding that those are two different ideas. One would be opposite. One is just kind of a mirror of it and being able to build blocks and build concepts and have her mimic that. I, I for me, reverse engineering something is a really important concept, especially mm -hmm. in the engineering, especially in STEM you know, somebody who is in the software background, nobody ever codes from, from scratch. They all use yeah. existing code. They all use sample it's code. It's about adapting. It's about adapting real world stuff. And so I did enjoy that. And then, you know, along that way, we did a lot of Lego play. We did a lot of Duplo play. We did blocks. We did balancing. We, we played with weight. And so a lot of these um, kind of science experiments can lead you into other paths. And we saw that all the time. And but that was part of the fact that I think she was a little bit older and we could do those type of things. I, I don't, I, I, don't know. I, I know she would have done, you know, the block play and the Lego play when she was younger. But I think she's a little bit more sophisticated now that like I was able to take it in different directions. I think you were able to appropriately add on based on mm -hmm. her age and interest level. Yeah. But I liked that the experiments and the activities were more basic. They didn't involve a whole bunch of supplies every week. In fact, the art supply list was very short for this every week, which I really appreciated. Mm -hmm. I, I don't I don't love when we have to have every week have a hugely different materials yeah. it's nice she uses a lot of paints crayons colored pencils things that we would all have around there wasn't too much that was that was odd and unique every week so i really appreciated that yeah simple simple supplies is always nice because then i don't have to keep i can keep them all in one bag and i don't have to go out and get new stuff especially mm -hmm. in the pandemic it was hard to get to the store and get you know willow charcoal or something or pastels that's, that's so, right you know like i can't find those things it's too hard but anyway yeah. so the um, next thing would be the literature um so the literature right. obviously was not as large and as encompassing as say a torchlight curriculum it was typically one book single for the book. week single book for the week and then we would reread this multiple times and then there was obviously a learning activity. And sometimes I would use... This was know, an open-ended reading activity that yeah. we had to yeah. come up with. It was not dictated. Exactly. So like, for example, if, if you're reading a Beatrix Potter story and it's about, you know, a squirrel hiding nuts or something like that. I remember one time I took her out and I, I we, we got some, some almonds and we, we hid the almonds in... Um, in a tree and we we tried to pretend like we were a squirrel and so little fun things like that and nice imaginative play sometimes we did artwork for it sometimes like we i think we read the uh the was it the very grumpy uh ladybug eric carl mm -hmm. grumpy ladybug i think it is grouchy grouchy, grouchy. i'm so sorry oh sorry the grouchy ladybug <laughs> and we made um ladybugs and one was angry and one and kind of marionettes yeah and you stuff. did like so, puppets yeah yeah we did like puppet stuff so you know you had it, to be really creative it, does, those, it did so. require you to be creative and so if you're not very creative that might be a little bit of a challenge i always try to either do an outdoor activity with it or kind of a, an art activity i kind of leaned heavy into the art activity um and if you're enterprising and say you're you know, your kid's going to two-day-a-week preschool and you only got three days a week to do to do homeschool. Sometimes you may dovetail the 
the artwork with the you know fun play on, on yeah. the literature you can you can really be creative with this type of thing because it is very open-ended it is not dictating what you have to do so you can dovetail things together and you know two birds with one stone or you could do multiple activities at once you know one art activity and a second art activity right. and then you can get things out of the way and then be very enriching one day could be art day you know that type of stuff so so let's talk about how you feel about the selections of literature i thought a lot of the literature was a little dated that's just my personal opinion i thought the books for torchlight were more modern books mm -hmm. not that they were bad books i am not a beatrix potter fan just i'm gonna just say it <laughs> and i and i know i know our You're thrown out of the uh <laughs> classical uh homeschool listen, groups listen i liked <laughs> i liked some of the older stuff um but man like the stories are weird the art you know the artwork's beautiful but the stories are just narratively not very good and they're kind of weird. Yeah, she, our daughter didn't really take she, to them And she either. doesn't gravitate to them. And I feel like... And she loves books. There's a little bit of... um, Not that there's a language issue. It's just that they, it, it's difficult to read sometimes. Because she talks in kind of like this kind of flowery or loopy language. And it's very difficult to read. And you always end, I always end up finding myself getting tripped up. The idea of Beatrix Potter is, is I think, better than the actual Beatrix Potter. Like this idea of these this fanciful world, you know, of um, Watership Downy type of world where these creatures are running around doing, you know, anthropomorphized creatures are doing all these great things. The idea of it is great. The execution, I just don't like it. And, yeah, but there was a lot of Beatrix Potter. This had like six Beatrix Potter books. Yeah. We, yeah, we had to buy a whole like treasury of Beatrix Potter for it. So there was a lot of that. <sighs> I'm there's, sorry, guys. There's only one book a week for yeah. this. Uh, the, the other thing the other thing is there there were a couple of newer selections that I really liked. Uh, my Dadima Wears a Sari. That was oh, really that was a good. Big, that was a big hit for her. There was a, there's a, so there's a few books that we really were like, wow, these are excellent books there were a few that, there were there were we really like there were a couple i think i think some of the um the ones set overseas were really nice there were there were actually some there were a couple of good stories that i liked what was the one with the uh the coal miner that was not that was something i picked up was that yeah yeah there's a book that that matt really likes that was one that i was looking at when we were doing our north america oh, okay. resource guide that was another um, one and we put it in there for canada Guys. that he's uh, always always talking about and he always mentions that book that that book that uh, that was in the curriculum i'm like no that was me this was me. <laughs> this was our own our own resource guide, guys, honey. Guys, they all blur together. Well, <laughs> it's so yeah, hard. it's because I did most of the literature research for that one. <sighs> I do the uh, note behind the scenes. I do the books for the resource guides, she and does Matthew it all. does all the videos. So she does it all. Um. Anyways, back to this. So the other part of the literature <laughs> every week is the Mother Goose nursery rhymes that are freely available on a website that's linked. So, so how you, how do you feel about those? <laughs> I hate poetry, man. <laughs> I hate it all. You know what? I like good poetry. Uh, I just don't get poetry. You know that nursery... I try. You know, the, there's some poetry stuff that I like. That's okay. That you know what though? Okay, so okay, nursery so rhymes are just that that, it's that strange, that man. Easy, strange. easy rhyming. Like we see that in a lot of books. And yeah. I, I mean, one of my favorite examples: drafts can't dance. The beautiful rhyming language. Kids really gravitate towards it. I get that. I think the thing that we disconnect with with the nursery rhymes is that some of them are really strange. So and strange. our our daughter's like, uh, wait a minute, why, why does she live in a shoe? Wait, I mean, you know. So, and and we don't have good explanations for exactly why. Some of the nursery rhymes are better like, than others. Okay, but, but, but we're some going, of them are strange. We're going through the same thing with. I'm going through the same thing right now. I'm two weeks into the the build your library, and you know, Emily, bless your heart, you're awesome. But man, I just do not get the animal poetry, the the nursery rhyme poetry. I read it, and I'm like, okay. And my my daughter just like it's just she does not. She she's like, give me a regular book. I'll read a regular. Well, anyway. I think she wants a whole story. I think <laughs> I think hearing a few lines about how eagles soar. She's just at this age, she's not into it. But I think that, the again, the buffaloes are all gone. Again, the buffaloes are gone <laughs> again this is about exposure and i'm glad that we're exposing her to poetry and i'm glad I'm we're sorry. doing it young because it's it's not a full story but it does express okay. hey, a lot listen. of thoughts guys jump into the facebook group 
you're free to make a post anytime you want. Tell me how wrong I am and give me the give me the poetry book. Ariel will go buy it off of <laughs> off of her book site. Give me the poetry book that I'm supposed to be reading to my daughter. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, I think that it's good for exposure. I think that the nursery rhymes were difficult because it led no. to a lot of uh, questions of wait, why did that happen and. I, I remember not sometimes not always good morals came out. Some of the nursery rhymes, there were some questionable things that we were like, ah, uh, no, he shouldn't have done that. Or no, that wasn't good. We shouldn't. Right. I, I found They're my, old. So. I found myself towards the end of the curriculum just. Kind of skipping those. Yeah, yeah I kind of skipped it. I, I pulled it out. It, and it's not a criticism of the curriculum. That's just me. And my daughter just wasn't really connecting with it. And so I just, man, I just. Yeah. I put in something else. That was that was the thing, and and I think that goes back. There's to nothing the, visual with them either, right? So they're, so they're from some, a website. They're just yeah. There was uh, a web, words, and so there was a website. Half of them had images, and then she, my, my daughter immediately wanted to see the image, and then she's like, "Why does that kid have a plum on his thumb?" And you're just like, God, "Man, I don't know." Right, <laughs> right. Like Why was little Jack Horner in a corner? I don't, you know. I don't and, know, man. And, and I, I wish, I almost wish that I that we had the the history behind that so that we could yeah. tell her that I'm sure every it came one of, from here. I'm sure every one of them has a dark ring around the rosy I, who knows, origin right? story. I, but I, yeah. I'd probably be interested in that. It would be interesting to hear the history behind them, but yeah, they are a little strange and okay, it's great that they rhyme, but yeah, it, it definitely was difficult for our child to connect with them. You know, just get a really good collection of, you know, rhyming storybooks that kind of singy-songy. You know, there's some nursery rhyme song books that we have that that she likes to read. There are, but still, some of them are still weird. They are very strange. She's yeah, like, Yankee Doodle Dandy. Why does he have a macaroni? I don't know. I, yeah. Here we go around the mulberry bush. I mean, she's like, these are songs we learned as children, yeah. but and she's like scratching her head. She's asking us to explain. Uh, and, and I'm like, I, uh, I have no oh, idea, man. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, so, so we're that, that we're part trash. for us was not a, not we're, a big hit. I get it. Matt's a rugged individualist, you know, cowboy guy. Doesn't like his poetry. <laughs> no. Totally get I, it. I think it's just, it, it's, I think it's difficult because there, there are they are old, they're a little bit odd, and we weren't able to adequately explain them. So yeah, our was... daughter just didn't get into them. So um, let's see, another part of the curriculum, kitchen classroom. Ooh, yeah. So this is some, uh, this is kind of just a stock repeat every week of here's, uh, you know, get your child into the kitchen, think about having them help you measure things and cut things and, you know, organize uh, foods and mix and just all these things. But there was no suggestion of what to do. So we had to make that up. So what I tended to do... But you've also been cooking with her for a long time. And these these were things she's done a lot of. So right. like we have to get her to the point where she's making us dinner every night. <laughs> right? It's like, why, 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 why should I have to both educate <laughs> you, clothe you, and not get something out of it? I want dinner. <laughs> We need to elevate. So what I tried to do was like bring bring in uh, yeah. skills I wanted. I wanted her to be able to get to the point to be able to make her own lunch and to be able to. And I tried to tie in with the stories where I could. You know, when we read Peter Rabbit, we made a salad mm -hmm. <laughs> that, and she helped me make dressing, just things like that. But that was something that was completely our own input every week, um, and definitely did provide us with a bit of a challenge trying to come up with what we were going to do. So well, you did like to blend in with movies as well. We tried, and, and this was something that was not in the but you did try to pull in a movie that was kind of in line with what we were doing for that week you right know, like the peter rabbit peter movie, rabbit's for example, a great example we had you know we have the peter rabbit movie so we yeah. we were able to watch that anytime that there was a movie tie-in i tried to pull that in um or if there was a any kind of an animated version of the story that was mm -hmm. done so after you'd read that main literature selection we could watch you know some sort of an animated and then, yeah version. folding in the kitchen classroom to that and making changes and adapting and but it goes all back to the your original comment which was you know the, this curriculum is modular if something isn't working for you like for us with the poetry you can swap it out for something else yeah sure um kitchen classroom hey your kid's been you know top chef in it for two years and they're already making flambés and whatnot great they don't need to learn about measuring cups they can you know level them up yeah it's very it's very flexible which is i think why i think it, it gives it gives enough framework for new homeschoolers mm -hmm. but is really it remains flexible to make it what you want it to be okay so let's let's do a rating you know let's, like what, what's your overall opinion of blossom and root 
you know, vo- earlier, you know, early years volume two. Right. So where would you put it in the pantheon of curriculum? Yeah. So if we were going to do a one to five, five being the, um, my perfect preschool curriculum <laughs> and one being something I would never use again, I'm going to give it a solid four. I think mm-hmm. for the appropriate age, you know, and our child was just a little bit too old, I think not too old, but I think that it's better suited to that three to four age. Uh, I think that for the appropriate age, it's got just enough structure for preschool without being too much curriculum. Oh my goodness, there are only three. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. right, it gives you enough guidelines if you want it. It's easy to swap things out. It's a great one for new homeschoolers, which you know, a lot of families who have preschoolers are new as we were. So I think that uh, for all those things and and the nature and art and music that it already starts incorporating, it's a really solid for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know that. I don't know if anything's ever going to earn my like five. Maybe I'll be surprised someday, but I think we all want, you can't make anyone's perfect curriculum, yeah. uh, but I think that this is a super solid choice. It's very cost effective. Um, the books are such that I was able to get almost all of them from our local library. There's mm-hmm. only a couple that I wasn't able to get. So very accessible from a cost standpoint and from just a usability standpoint. So I, I, I think it's a great, I mean, I highly recommend attending. What, what, what do you think? Where's, where's your rating? Um, I think I, I think I like this one a little bit better than Torchlight, but I think I would give the same score as Torchlight insofar as that I wish I had more literature. That was like my really big, my big mm-hmm. thing that I missed. For me, where it separates itself uh, being better than Torchlight is around the math. I mean, not math, but the uh, the artwork the the and the music and a lot of the changes that we made. And we'll talk a little bit about what changes have been made to the curriculum. But if if they could, if, if I could bl- blend two curriculums together, I would blend Torchlight and Blossom and Root. And I think we'd be getting closer to that five number. I, we just need more books. And I, yeah. I get the, the fact that you're supposed to loop back on the book, but a lot of these books are pretty short and reading them two, three, four times is just too much. And I, I wish there were maybe like two, maybe three books a week that I could read. Um, I think that might've been perfect, but knowing that I wish I would have done this earlier, this would have been my first curriculum. I think I would have, it would have matched better with a younger student than yeah. what we had. Um, but, but in some cases, the, the great thing that, that we ha- we were doing Blossom Root at this time, because it did give me a lot more time to do the right start math and the all about reading and kind of get my sea legs there. So, you know, it all kind of worked out in the end, but I would say somewhere before four and a quarter, would be my, my ranking. I think it's a great curriculum. Anyone who wants to start off homeschooling, you got a preschooler. This is, you know, an absolute best buy. So let's talk about the changes that have been made to it. And yeah, let's see if we will raise your score <laughs> up above a four, uh, a four and a quarter you're me, here. You're telling me that she got rid of Beatrix Potter and the poetry? Ah, uh, you know, there's going to be some hits and misses for you there, Booza. Um, so more Beatrix Potter, more more poetry. So the the couple of changes that we made to the music and art was that there was only four of each, four composers and four artists covered in the first edition. In the second edition, that has been increased. So I think that there are now I think there's a change over every three or four weeks in the new one. So uh, and a diverse group of artists and diverse group of composers. So we're all just old white dudes so that's really great um so it's not just 30 weeks of wagner uh, no no so no it's so good <laughs> wagner guys 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 listen i know it's got a bad history but listen <laughs> it's got a bad history i listened to a couple podcast. i listened to a great podcast about wagner i think it was on um god what was it open source by chris chris lyons uh and it was there's this whole cult of wagner because his music is so dreamy and so it, it's so emotional it's like it's like he's the he is what john williams goes to sleep dreaming he wish he was <laughs> i don't think john williams has to wish he john williams does have to wish that <laughs> i don't no. think so anyway so sorry. it's not I, it's not 36 weeks of, of wagner then, no no okay. it's not anymore so that is a really great change i think that yeah. no it's good um that was needed you know spending so many sure. weeks on the same person i think that that was uh definitely a change that was for the better and, you know, like the thing that you did is you added in a lot of blues and a lot of, you know, beautiful blues singers and, um, you know, jazz composers and things like that. Those were really enjoyable. You know, 
our whole Duke Ellington week was really great. Uh, Nina Simone, you know, yeah, all that. And that she's was got really Miles good. Davis in the new, yeah. the new and one. You actually had Davis. You actually added Davis. To I don't this. know if I added it or if that was part of the original. You know, I just can't remember yeah. at this point. But there, there are a number of composers now. So I think there's nine composers here. So I, th- I think maybe if I could, um, I, I'm pretty certain she didn't go global. I would love to pull in other areas around the world if she could end up doing that maybe like some african composers I think she south american i think she might have with this new with this new edition um it looks like there's definitely a, a more diverse range of composers there there's mm-hmm. a mix of men and women so we haven't gotten a chance to preview all of the composers in the new in yeah. the new edition but just from the list so um composers and new artists and that again includes a mix of men and women in the Mm -hmm. artists so that was really great and uh different nationalities so um big big changes for the picture study in music which i think align exactly with how we had already modified it so that's terrific um and feel free to modify it even more if you you know want to bring in some classic rock or if if you have a certain <laughs> now listen honestly right you know there's there's why not have the metallica unit study week right why not right no anyway like you can you can break it up even more and i would really encourage everybody to break it up even more if you can just get in there just rip down 20 composers 15 composers add to what they've they've <laughs> done bring in the variety i think you'll be pleasantly surprised it was very it was very i nice. think this is a good starting place yeah. if it's something that your child uh gravitates towards then you, know, you can add more Absolutely. one of the changes that she made in the second edition was to offer up books to go along with the composers and the artists Perfect. for those ranges Perfect. of weeks so you have extra books that you can look at that are going to help enhance that even more so i think that was a really great change that she made um so the uh the other thing that changed is the book selections. Now nice. there is still some Beatrix Potter, but there's not as much. There's still still Peter Rabbit and Jeremy Fisher, but there's not all the other ones. Uh, she definitely updated a lot of the literature selections cool. from some of the older ones that were there to some newer selections. No change to the nursery rhymes. So it, it is what it is. You know, a lot of times with the nursery rhymes, it's less than ten minutes. So do it. I always got it. I, I got would a, say I got a, sub it, sub yeah. it for different poetry, to different ch- children's poetry books. No, just, if your yeah. kid doesn't gravitate, break, break to out it. some T.S. Eliot or something like that. Right? Okay. <laughs> so, so one of the things that did change, um, as well as a, a lot of the literature selections have been updated. Another part that changed is the read together activity. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the first edition, this was a totally open ended. Do something with your child that relates to the story in some way. Imagine to play, art, um, put on a play. I mean, just do, it it could be a variety of things. Uh, Now they actually, she's actually made suggestions about what you should do. So if I just uh, pull from week one, which is the sample that's on her website, she basically says, here's some good uh, prompts to give your child to talk about after you get done with the story. And then here, why don't we spend some time outdoors and we'll build our own uh, habitat to go with this with this uh, story and this is how you would decorate it. She gives a few different ideas of how to bring it to life and she she includes some great notes about how to make a literacy-rich environment for your mm-hmm. house too. So I think she gives a lot more support to the literature in this version than before. That's no, a good um, change. I, I like the Blue Apron approach to... These type of things where, you know, it's like, oh, make a meal. And it's like, well, I don't know what to make. I want you to tell me what to make. And a lot of times yeah. it, it is very helpful to give me some ideas, even though like if you are a creative person and you're willing to take it in different directions, a lot of times these prompts will help you with that and help yeah. help move the ball down the field. Yeah. And that is a good transition because transition. kitchen. <laughs> hey, dance transition. <laughs> because kitchen. <laughs> That's an inside joke that Ariel and I have been talking about for years. And it's an old talk, talk soup. Talk soup. Thing. It's an old talk soup joke from yeah. Joel McHale. All right, yeah. <laughs> we're dating ourselves. So, uh, kitchen classroom. Before, where it was just like, bring your child in the kitchen, do something in the kitchen. And I, I've definitely felt like, boy, it's all on me to come up with this. In the new edition, she has updated and includes suggestions every week. And those suggestions correspond. Uh, five-year-olds with, running the grill outside? Ha! So those <laughs> those suggestions correspond with the letter of the week. So for the first Perfect. week, uh, just kind of to go back to the sample. So um, with the letter A, apple slices or baked apples or apple muffins or do ants on a log. 
or sliced apricots or avocados, right? So it's like, it's great. They're simple. It's not like complicated recipes. She also does uh, recommend in the beginning of the curriculum, a couple of great kids cookbooks that you could use to help give you more ideas. So I love that she's giving you some prompts here because Mm -hmm. that was something that I struggled with. uh, And I know my, my planning partner, also struggled with was what was the kitchen classroom going to be? We loved the idea, but it was something we had to come up with. I think what this does too, is this takes away the need for it to be a recipe. Mm -hmm. I've got to make something complicated. This is like, do some avocado slices. That's kitchen classroom. I love that. That sounds great. It doesn't have to be super crazy. But this reminds us of that because it can, you can get in your head about it and go, Oh, I have to come up with a recipe that matches this thing. And, and I love that. I love that there's direction here uh, for something that's more simplistic. These are all really good changes. I like these. Yeah. I think that they're really great changes. And like she just released this. This was like a couple of weeks ago, right? Uh, this was in late 2020. So it's late not been too okay. long. One of the big advantages of Blossom and Root, uh, which I know is true of Blossom and Root and, and true of Build Your Library both, is when you buy their curriculum, if they, if she makes an update, you get you get the update for free. You don't have to pay for that again. And so this is really great. We we did version one um, with uh, the first edition with our daughter now. When our second daughter comes along, we will do the second edition. We didn't have to rebuy the curriculum for that. That's so great. I think that that's really terrific that Christina does that for all of her, her customers. So those are the main changes I wanted to discuss. Again, we can't speak too much to the reading and the math, so I'm not sure how much that's changed. The reading is uh, working on a different letter every week and mm-hmm. all the things that go with it. It looks it looks great, and we will do it with our, with our second daughter when we get to it. But these changes here address a lot of the issues that you had. There's not um, a ton of extra literature books every week recommended, but there are extra books related to the composer and the music, which does satisfy mm-hmm. bringing in more literature um, to it. And the suggestions for kitchen classroom, the increased number of composers and musicians, or, I'm sorry, composers and artists. Uh, I, I think that she's made a really good change in updating the literature. So yep. some super changes for the second edition that uh, I, I would say would probably boost both of our ratings a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, think I think very it, solid. Yeah, it takes, it takes I think, uh, some of our criticism of the version one and uh, I think fixes a lot of those things. So. Right. So if you're coming from the first edition, this is what you can expect in the second. Um, if you looked at the first edition and you were like, not sure if this is for you, uh, hopefully this review and comparison with the new edition will help you make some decisions going forward awesome well it's ended the same way we always do with what what are we into i'm going to be honest y'all we are into some daniel tiger in this house our youngest has hit the stage our youngest went through i i feel like this this is like a toddler progression our youngest hit the hit curious george first well first it was Olaf and then Moana, our our first daughter hit Moana when she was very young as well, and then moved into Curious George, and then Daniel Tiger hit. And I had forgotten just how cute and amazing Daniel Tiger is. Uh, It does does have a grandpair. Grandpair is really great, Uh, which is what our daughter calls her her grandfather after that show. Um, you know, we haven't watched it in years because we now have a five-year-old. Yeah, we watched a, we watched some of it in Torchlight. It was always a recommended. It, uh, it was part of the recommended, curriculum. but it's been it's been a couple of years since Two we've years watched now, yeah. since we've watched any Daniel Tiger, and I have to say that it's just super. It's just a sweet show. I, we watch it on the PBS Kids, right? With the, the PBS P- Kids app for Roku, on, on Roku which yeah. is free, and. I love that the like there was a there was a song they were singing. There's always a song if you haven't watched Daniel Tiger. There's a song that they sing. Well, there's always a challenge. It's a challenge. And then there's a song that goes with the challenge. Yeah, and it's not like a full length song. It's just like a like a chorus of a song. Yeah. Like it's okay to be flexible. You can still have fun or whatever. <laughs> that something... is not a song. But Ariel wishes it was. Come <laughs> no, on. No. Yeah, do, it's, just... do, do, do. it's not. It, it's something not like that. It's some. Do, it's some do, little do, like two do, line. Do, 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 do that they can take away yeah. and they and they don't just sing it once they sing it like two or three times yeah. during the show to remind the kids mm-hmm. and it's funny i thought oh well this is cute for our 20 almost 22 month old to watch um but i didn't realize like our five-year-old was watching at the same time they were there was a show about how um, they didn't have exactly the right toy they wanted oh, yeah. and they were saying it's okay they really just want to play with you they don't want to play with that toy or this this exact rocket ship or whatever it was. And we had the same thing happen in our house the next day. 
And our five-year-old was like, but this we ha- we can't play. We can't do this thing because I don't have that. It was actually a rocket ship. I don't have the rocket ship that I need. I want to make this thing. And I was like, remember what Daniel Tiger said? Oh, yeah. And she did. And she took something out of it. And they went and played off together without being stuck. And I was like, wow, it actually paid off. Like <laughs> the lesson that they taught was something she took with her. And, and, you know, with a small reminder, she remembered it. And I just remembered how wholesome and great that it's show is. It's very wholesome. It's a good show. It's I, a good show. I there's do. always a, there's always a great lesson to learn. Well, and it is, a, it's a, it's kind of a, a spinoff of Mr. Rogers. Right. So it does have that, you know, inherent wholesomeness built into it and you'll see a lot of the characters from mr rogers kind of coming through but it's all animated it's like a you know a cartoon in in that respect right i love you know curious george teaches a lot of um i mean it teaches good things but some of them are practical and stuff i love that you know we were learning how to make pickles this week right it teaches practical things it also (laughs) teaches manners and and and, uh, it's great curious george is, is really good the pbs show but i like about daniel tiger is the things that they teach are usually emotionally based. Mm-hmm. We well, and that's why I think Torchlight used it a lot is because right. they do focus on the emotional development in, in Torch and Pre-K um, yeah. that we have referenced in this thing. And they always pulled in Daniel Tiger and Sesame Street to you know articulate those points because a lot of times there are short free videos on both of those shows on YouTube that are you know, talking about that emotion, whether it's right. jealousy, greed, you know, anger and these type of things. Disappointment. Disappointment. You know, there was talking about he was disappointed he couldn't wear the same red hoodie he always wears and how he needed to be okay. They needed to accept that it couldn't mm-hmm. be that way. And then it was still going to be okay, even though it was different than what he had anticipated. I love all the emotional wellness stuff that they talk mm-hmm. about on that show. And so we've been watching it. Our Our youngest is... Daniel Tiger. Daniel, Daniel Tiger. Tiger. Daniel Tiger. Right. And so that's all we've been doing this week. Uh, whenever she wants to watch them. TV remote. Daniel T- Tiger. T- TV remote. TV remote. Daniel Tiger. Right. Fire. <laughs> fire. Turn the fire on. Yeah. She always she, she wants, wants the fire. She wants the fire on. She wants Daniel Tiger. And she wants a granola bar. And she wants a granola bar. She knows what she likes. Anyways, <laughs> so that's what we're doing this week. So if you haven't seen it in a while uh, or you have young ones at home and haven't checked out, Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood is... Uh, really great. Thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time. Happy homeschooling!